the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys and move on to the NFC Championship. What takeaways can we make from this game and how do the 49ers match up against the Philadelphia Eagles? Stay tuned to find out on Bay Area Sports Talk. Welcome to Bay Area Sports Talk, where we talk all things San Francisco 49ers. I am your host, Will, and thank you all so much for tuning in. I don't have much before we start the summary of today's game, so with that, let's jump right in. So the San Francisco 49ers have advanced to the NFC Championship for the third time in four years. It was a defensive battle most of the way, but the 49ers were able to prevail. But with that, let's go ahead and talk about this game, and let's start off with the offense. Brock Purdy picked up his second playoff win in his career. He was 19 for 29 passing with 214 passing yards, and for the first time, he did not have a passing or rushing touchdown. Yes, I understand this was not Brock's best game, but he also did play one of the best defenses in the entire league, and this was by far the best defense he has played so far. But yes, that does mean Brock needs to play better because the Eagles have about the same caliber of defense, maybe even better than the Dallas Cowboys. So if the 49ers want a chance to win the NFC Championship and advance to the Super Bowl, Brock is going to have to learn from his mistakes and play better. He was doing pretty well in this game. He had a few passes that went off the mark, a couple that almost got picked off, but he also had some really, really impressive passes. His favorite connection in this game once again was George Kittle. Kittle had five receptions for 95 yards. That connection is truly special, and I know I've been saying it every week, but Kittle has truly evolved into a different kind of guy with Brock. They really have that connection, and Kittle is really helping this offense get to that next, you know, step. And with his absence when he was, you know, not getting the ball as much, when Kyle had kind of phased him out of the offense, the offense was not putting up a lot of points at all. But since Kittle has re-entered the offense, the offense has completely skyrocketed and the points per game number has jumped immensely. Behind George Kittle was Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel had four receptions for 45 yards, averaging 11.2 yards per reception. Now, it was a bit of a quiet game from Debo, and usually playoff Debo goes off, so I would bank on Debo going crazy in the next game against the Philadelphia Eagles. He didn't really get a lot of targets in this game. He, you know, he only had four receptions. It was mostly a run-heavy game, but it was also a heavy defensive battle. The 49ers' defense was on the field a lot. Juwan Jennings added his usual two catches for 26 yards. Both of those being very, very clutch receptions. It's just so hard to cover everyone in this offense. You know, you can make sure you got Kittle covered. You can make sure you have Debo and Ayuk on locks. But then, you know, you got Jawan Jennings, who's always there. Brandon Ayuk had somewhat of a quiet game. He only had two receptions for 26 yards. I would expect him to break out against the Eagles, although they do have a pretty tough corner matchup with Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Ayuk has those feet. He's got those killer routes. I would expect him to have quite a bit more production, although he's playing some better talent at corner. I would still expect him to have a pretty good game. Carrying the ball in this game was not easy. The Cowboys have a very strong defensive line. Although Micah Parsons was pretty much neutralized in this game by Trent Williams, Elijah Mitchell carried the ball 14 times for 51 yards. He pretty much iced the game, and although he ran out of bounds at the end and gave the Cowboys a chance, he still did a very good job managing to put the game away. Christian McCaffrey had 10 carries, but only for 35 yards. McCaffrey got sold out against, and they were heavy heavy on guarding him. He did have six receptions for 22 yards, which is very impressive for a running back. 
Debo carried the ball four times for 11 yards, averaging 2.8 yards per carry. I would expect Debo to keep being involved in the run game, especially against Philadelphia. They're going to need to pull out as many, you know, versatile offensive plays as they can. I would expect him to be heavily involved in a sort of screen pass kind of game. I don't think we saw that from Debo this game. We usually do see that, though, and I would expect, you know, a few of those types of plays run to Debo throughout the game. But like I said, it was a pretty slow day for offense, and the main reason they were able to generate the points they did was because of defensive turnovers. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about the 49ers defense and their dominance. The defense returned to their usual dominance that we saw earlier in the season. In this game, they only gave up 12 points to a high-caliber Dallas offense. Now, the Cowboys were without Tony Pollard for most of this game, but that's beside the point. The 49ers defense was flat-out dominant. That's the one word I can use to describe their performance. But with that, let's go ahead and talk about the 49ers tackle leaders. Fred Warner played probably one of his best games of the season. He led the team with nine total tackles, and he had one tackle for loss. Jimmy Ward had seven tackles and one tackle for loss. Aziz Allshire had seven tackles as well. Traverius Ward, Dre Greenlaw both had six tackles. Diamador Lenore and Talano Ufunga each etched five tackles. Now, the 49ers defensive line was also limited once again in this game. The Cowboys have a pretty solid offensive line, but they didn't do too much, and they only were able to get one sack this game, and that came from Samson Ebucom. I'm really surprised that Nick Bosa hasn't got himself a sack in the last two playoff games that the 49ers have played, and I think that really means something, and I think Bosa's going to come out firing, and he's going to have one, maybe two sacks against Philadelphia, although they do have a really strong offensive line. I think Bosa is going to come out and play angry and make up for the two games he had without a sack. Now, the main reason the 49ers were able to come away with this win was because of the turnovers they forced. The Niners were able to pick off Dak Prescott two times. One interception came on a tipped ball from Jimmy Ward, which landed in Fred Warner's hands, and the other came on a beautifully red jump pass by Diamador Lenore, who now has an interception in both of the 49ers playoff games. Diamador Lenore has really cemented himself as a solid cornerback too in these playoffs. And I think he's going to continue doing this, although he has a tough matchup ahead of him facing A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think Diamador Lenore can do it. What we've seen from him in these previous two games proves that he can do it. So let's hope he goes out there with this confidence that he's been showing and balls out. I know we've been talking quite a lot about Philly in this game and how the 49ers, you know, match up with them. So let's go ahead and talk about some of these overall matchups. So as you could probably expect, we're going to start out with this quarterback matchup, Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts. Now, last week, Purdy did prove me wrong. I said that I think Dak Prescott would play a slightly better game than him, but Brock Purdy ended up playing a significantly better game than Prescott. Yes, I know their numbers were not too different from one another, but Purdy did not turn the ball over one time, so that is why I say significantly. Now, as much as I hate doing this, I'm going to have to go ahead and give the quarterback matchup to Jalen Hurts. Hurts is an MVP candidate and has been a top five quarterback the entire season. Hertz also has an extra, you know, season, season and a half of experience over Brock Purdy. Hertz also had a playoff game last year, so he does have slightly more playoff experience than Brock. Over the last seven weeks, Purdy has actually had slightly better numbers than Jalen Hurts has, and it would not surprise me if he's able to outperform Jalen in this game. Now, back in 2019, when both quarterbacks were still in college, Jalen Hurts played for Oklahoma and Brock Purdy played for Iowa State. The two actually played 
And in this game, Hertz got the best of Iowa State, beating them by one point. But Brock had better stats than Jalen Hurts. Now, obviously, both quarterbacks have improved drastically from this time point and from this game. But I think this could add a little bit of fuel to this quarterback matchup. So hopefully Brock is able to go out there and do his thing. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the rest of the offensive matchups. Now, this wide receiver battle is going to be even. I'm calling this fair. You know, the versatility on the side of the Niners definitely matches up with, you know, the speed and the overall, you know, physicality of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Brandon Ayuk is a very physical. He's a very good route runner. He's a really kind of shifty receiver. So is Debo Samuel. We all know how he plays. Probably the most versatile player in the league, the best athlete in the league. I think this wide receiver matchup is very even. Now with running backs, the 49ers definitely have the edge. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. Miles Sanders is a very impressive running back. He is a pro bowler this year, but like I said, I think the receiving threat of McCaffrey just brings him over the top, and he is just such a lethal weapon. Now, obviously, George Kittle's out there. He's going to help bring this offense over the top. You know, you got Kyle Juszczyk. I said last week, he's not really mentioned quite a bit, but everybody knows who he is. He's always making an impact, whether he's blocking or, you know, having his typical one to two catches. Or maybe you got Jawan Jennings coming in on a third down, or maybe he's making a 20-yard grab like we've seen him have in the last couple of games. Or maybe even Elijah Mitchell's coming in after McCaffrey, and, you know, he's kind of that one-two punch kind of guy. He's sealing the game for the 49ers like he did last week. But it's really hard to say which offense is better. They're both super good. The Eagles, you know, are first in pretty much every offensive stat. They have been statistically the best offense in the league. But ever since Brock Purdy took over, we know the 49ers have been a completely different team. So I think this offensive matchup fares pretty evenly. Now, I think I'm going to have to say something similar with the defenses. They are both extremely talented defenses. You know, the Eagles average, you know, four, four and a half sacks per game. They lead the NFL in sacks per game. They have a very, very talented corner duo with James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Their secondary is extremely, extremely good. Now, I would give the edge to the Eagles just because of the strength of their secondary, but I think the 49ers linebacking core kind of balances out the defenses. You know, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, in my opinion, are the top two linebackers. They have both just been putting up absurd numbers all year and are probably the like cornerstone group of this defense other than the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, who is obviously just a monster. He's going to do his thing. He hasn't had a sack in the last two games, but I would bank on him having one to two sacks in this game. He's going to go out there with a chip on his shoulder from these last few games. And to round it off, you know, you got guys like Sean Gibson, Jimmy Ward, Talano Hufunga, who are in that, you know, secondary, making it better, doing their thing. Talano Hufunga is an all-pro this year. He is playing lights out. You know, he's been a little quieter in the second half of the season, but I think he's going to make a big impact in this game. But like I said, these two defenses are so talented, and it's really hard to say which is better than the which. Obviously, I'm going to say I think the 49ers is slightly better, but I think the Eagles secondary is just so good. You have have to kind of say this defensive matchup is even but there's really not much else to say so with that let's do a quick you know rundown on the injury report and some other news questionable to play in the nfc championship for the 49ers are elijah mitchell and ambry thomas and ruled out is jimmy garoppolo not much of a surprise there now i think elijah mitchell is probably going to end up being ruled out because the 49ers just promoted tevin coleman from the practice squad so that probably isn't the best news for elijah mitchell i'm also thinking that ambry thomas is probably going to be ruled out come game time as well because the niners promoted janoris jenkins from the practice squad 
But other than that, there are no injuries. Christian McCaffrey is 100% ready to go. Debo Samuel is 100% ready to go. There was some stuff earlier in the week about those two guys, you know, being a little bit banged up from the matchup with the Cowboys. As far as some other news goes, defensive end Charles Omenihu was arrested at his home earlier on in the week. Now, the NFL and the 49ers are looking into this situation, but as it stands now, Charles Omenihu is ready to go for the NFC Championship on Sunday. He's been practicing all week, so he is ready to go. But I really don't have much else to say this week. Hopefully the 49ers are able to win and advance on to the Super Bowl. That would be truly, truly great. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you guys next week.